This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I am not your host, Matt, and today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team, two Benchwarmer teams, actually, one of Mason and Eric versus Scott and Dan. So let's first uh, start off with uh, our actual host for tonight, which is our returning guest and now uh, host, Alex Binder. Alex, why don't you take a minute to remind us a little bit about who you are and teams to cheer for and, you know, all your awesomeness. Sure. Well, it's great to be on with you guys again. I'm excited to ask you some questions. Uh, I'm from Southwest Missouri, near Joplin there on the, the border with Oklahoma and Kansas, but I grew up in Kansas. I'm a big Chiefs, Royals, sporting Kansas City fan, also a big K-State fan. Uh, but I, I thought I'd tell you this story real quick. I have a, a new second favorite NFL team, so uh, my p- parents will relate. Uh, they're my four-year-old's uh, has a favorite color. His favorite color is green. And you know little kids who have a favorite color have to pick, you know, everything that's green. So the cup, the plate, the candy, whatever it is, if there's a green one, he's got to pick a green one. I don't so although like he is where a, this is going. Yeah, so even though he's a Chiefs fan, he felt like he needed to pick a green team. And the he knew Jets what his were options green. were. But, uh, of course, he's a, a Jets fan. Oh, so. oh, oh I, I thought that was going in a <laughs> so different direction. My new second favorite NFL ah. team is uh, is the Jets. So J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 wow. Jets, I guess. You know, I know, Dan, that uh, him picking the Packers probably would have been, you know, just a little bit of a stake to the heart kind of a deal. However, being a Jets fan for life would probably be more horrible for that kid. Just you oh, Yeah, know. he has no idea. And he, he asked me every week last fall if the Jets won. And I had to tell him pretty much every week that they uh, that they didn't. So Somebody <laughs> might call CPS. <laughs> it's that bad, yeah. All right, good deal. Well, it's uh, awesome to have you back on, Alex, and can't wait to listen to your game and stump these fellas because I am not playing tonight. I'm just going to be recording and taking, you know, keeping score. So we'll take it over to the teams. Mason and Eric, let's start off with you guys. Mason, how you been, bud? Uh, I've been fine. Um, this has been a long time coming for Eric and I teaming up again. It's been, what, 60-something episodes? So it's been a, it's been that long, so... Finally getting team up with Eric against fun. And uh, Eric has our great team name ready to go. So I'll let him go do that. So I, uh, I, I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just going to get right into this. Um, so <laughs> didn't really think of a team name. Uh, so I just took Mason's name and my name and put it into like a, a, a website of some kind. Um, and it's spit back an illegal drug. So we're going to go with that. And our team name today is going to be Coramines. And for those of you who don't know what that is, um, it's basically like a, a stimulant that's uh, banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency. So no drug tests after today. The only way you can sell it is if your father, you inherit it from your dead father? No, you, that's the only way you can buy it and then, you know, keep buying it. Okay. Because okay. he gave okay. you some. So, I mean, you just it's just tradition in the family after that. So kids do... What do you do? Pop it, or do you? What do you uh, do? It's probably probably injected into your butt. I would assume. <laughs> I assume that's how all drugs work. Every one of them, <laughs> Tylenol. All right. Nyquil. So the team name is uh, <laughs> uh, Cora Mines, I guess. Okay. 
Uh, and uh, Scott and Dan, how are you guys? And uh, what's your team name? Uh, I'm all right. Um, I'm only, um, I was full disclosure, I'm supposed to be teaming with Eric tonight. And um, so I'm, I'm playing this game under protest. Full disclosure. So this, I'm, this is, I'm, you made this up in your brain. There's not a full disclosure. Full disclosure, I'm the coolest person that ever lived in the world. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but I agree with Dan. Yeah, am I am I supposed to be playing with you, Eric? I am. So Scott um, agrees I'm, with me. Or wait, no, I'm just doesn't. here so I don't get fined. Real full disclosure is Eric and Dan don't play together. They're not allowed to. Um, unless someone requests a massacre or if someone's feeling depressed and you know they just want to feel worse about themselves masochistic behavior for that yeah that, that's really <laughs> the only way that that happens um so what i'm getting at is not only am i facing eric but i'm facing eric on performance enhancing drugs so <laughs> this is going to be really bad for us in the butt in, right in the butt the best kind um our only team time, name apparently. is inspired based on uh, the last time eric and mason teamed up i beat them thanks to uh good old the good old weber boys so to play off that, Dan and I are going to be the Book of Pete. That's see, that's a playoff of the Book of Dick. It is which is oh. what the um, soon to be released movie flop is is based on. High quality, high quality film coming out. Can't wait. And I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go over and kick it over to uh, Dan for the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. All right, well then, now it's time for me to shut up except for giving score updates, and we'll hand it over to Alex. Take it away, bud. All right, so let's start it off with the tailgate. Question one. Known more for his number of hits or the award named after him, who is the only player to hit a walk-off inside the park grand slam? That's right. Check that in. We're checked in. The Book of Pete has checked in. Coramines, you may talk it out. Got a nice ring to it with that team name. <laughs> so it's almost like a kid's movie. All right. Mason, I, I actually I agree with you. So, I mean, I don't think we, there's much for us to, to discuss. Yeah, because it fits... You know, he had exactly 3,000 hits, has an award name after him. I feel like I vaguely remember hearing something about him being the only one to do it. So if you go with it, we can go I'm and good. check in. All right, we'll check in with Roberto Clemente. Book of Pete, what did you check in with? Same criteria, same thought process. We also checked in with Roberto Clemente. And both teams are getting points. The answer is Roberto Clemente. He accomplished this in 1956 against the Cubs. Of course, he is known for hitting... 3,000 hits exactly before a premature death. So I actually got to see his nephew, Denny, play in basketball. He played at K-State. That's one of my favorite players to watch. So I had to ask a question about Roberto. All right. Question number two. Mike Tyson's quickest fight lasted just 30 seconds when he knocked out the son of what boxing legend whose daughter was also a light heavyweight world champion? 
So he just he wants he wants the the dead, right? Yes. When he knocked out the son of what box? This sounds like the Pete Weber, Dick Weber discussion you guys had. Oh God. We're, we're going to go with just the last name, so you don't have to worry yeah, about yeah, that. All right, yeah, all right. We're, just, we're, we're checking in. Four Minds has checked in. Book of Pete, you may chat it out. I, I think this is Frazier. I think this is, I think his name is Marvis. That, at first, when you said Frazier, I couldn't think of a, or a child of his that box. But now when you say Marvis, that name rings a bell, probably because he got knocked out. Probably rings a bell 30 seconds after the, after the match started. <laughs> In that case, check it in. All right, we're going to check in Frazier, not Leslie. Core Minds, what did you check in with? Um, yeah, I wasn't sure of the first name, but we, uh, or not the, the, the son's name, but Frazier was our answer, so that's what we went with. And both teams are getting points. The answer is Joe Frazier. His son was named Marvis, and he had a decent record coming into the match, but it was a, a heavy, heavy underdog, and uh, it ended appropriately, I guess. Uh, moving on to question three. Sacking Dave Craig a whopping seven times in a game in 1990, who holds the NFL's single game sack record? All right, we'll check in. Or minds has checked in. Book of Pete, you may talk it out. All right. So let's go at this from a perspective of maybe who most likely would have faced Craig a few times. Sure. So someone from the the West, AFC West. This would have been during West, Central, and East. Right. So this would have been the Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, and Chargers. Right. Alex, a Kansas City guy? He is, right? He is a Kansas City guy. It's Derek Thomas? It could very well be Derek Thomas. The timeline fits. I've broken this record on Madden a bunch of times, and they always put the name on there, but I don't pay attention to who had it. Because it's really all about you, right? Yeah, because at that point, my guy has eight or nine or ten, so I, I don't care who had seven. Uh, I like Derek Thomas as an answer, though. I, I think it's know your ho- host a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. Let's let's go with let's let's go with Derek Thomas. Sounds good. Dan Core Minds, what did you check in with? Uh, yeah, I immediately sent over to Mason Thomas. He agreed. I think he's actually number two as well, um, but we went with Derek Thomas. And again, both teams are getting points. The answer is Derek Thomas. Unfortunately, the Chiefs lost that game to the Seahawks, even though he had seven sacks. He does have six sacks in another game in 1998, sacking Jeff George. And he would have the NCAA single season record and career record with 27 sacks and 52 sacks, but they didn't keep the statistic back then. So that was definitely a know your host question. All right. Both teams getting all of their tailgate questions correct. Score is 30-30. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com benchwarmerstp. Thanks. The first quarter will be pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be five before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer 
would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one. What 2010 World Cup Golden Ball and two-time European Golden Boot winner was a left fielder who finished second in the 1982 NL MVP vote and won the World Series with three different teams over a span of six years? We're going to check in. All right, Core Minds has checked in. Book of Pete, you may talk it out. Man. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I've got nothing. Oh, man. Um, you know who won the MVP? Was it Schmidt? In 82, um, Dale Murphy. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, won three World Series, three different teams, left fielder. In a six-year span, too. So, Man, we're going to need the soccer player for this. Um, yeah. Let me think here. 2010. Who won 2010? Okay, no, no, 10 was Spain and the Netherlands. Now that I – okay, okay, there we go. Um, played the third-place game. Third place, third place was Germany. Who did they play? Oh, ho, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. I got something. Um, Diego, D, D, Diego, um, Diego. Oh, there it is. There it is. Played against the Twins. Uh, Lonnie Smith. Okay. So it's um, Diego Forlan. Forlan. Diego Forlan. Forlani Smith. Diego Forlani Smith. I'm done, Scott. Sorry. We're checked in. All right, Team Core Minds, what did you check in with? So we worked this through the back half. Um, Matt, here's your plug. John Boyce. Uh, 1980 was the Phillies, 82 the Cardinals, 85 the Royals. Um, he won his three. And, yeah, he was on the Braves in 91. That's Lonnie Smith. I didn't know he was second in the 82 NL MVP, but he fit everything else. Um, and Eric came up with – the other part of it from that so we also checked in with diego Forlani smith and both teams getting points the answer is diego Forlani smith because for Forlan played for uruguay in their run to the semis as dan said and smith won as mason said with the phillies cardinals and royals he's also known for attacking philly fanatic he had it coming <laughs> <laughs> so question two in pre and post game what cowboy draft pick in the second round of the 2002 draft and 2008 NFL Comeback Player of the Year with the Bucks was a Cowboy who was drafted sixth overall in, 19, in the 1995 draft, but played just six seasons with the team that drafted him. You're not checked in yet, Eric? I'm almost there. It's Cowboys and drafts. So it's like, wait a second. I think that's it, Mason. That's it. Okay. We're checked in. <laughs> Book of Pete is checked in. Core Minds, you can talk it out. We're just going to check in because we got to do. <laughs> All right. So what did both teams? We'll start with uh, Book of Pete. What did you check in with? Checked in with Antonio Bryant, Big Country Reeves. And Hormines? I got tripped up for a second because I thought it was going to be both NFL. So I'm like, who did the Cowboys draft in 95? I couldn't really make that work with Antonio Bryant. Um, so Mason pointed out Bryant Reeves. I'm like, he's a basketball player. And so I guess that was I guess that was right. Um, so we also checked in with Antonio Bryant Reeves. And again, both teams getting points. The answer is Antonio Bryant, big country Reeves. I did try to word this question carefully. I was hoping you would notice that, uh, you know, Cowboys drafting sixth overall in 95 didn't really make sense. So, all right, very good. So question three in pre and post game, 
What starting pitcher for the NL in the 2013 All-Star Game who tore his UCL later that year was a multi-year winner of the Euroscar Award for Best European Basketball Player but was never an NBA All-Star over his eight-year career? I, I, I like that. Let's do it. All right, we're checked in. Poor minds, you are free to talk it out. So you think the first half's a Matt Harvey? I know he was had a lot of injuries, right? Yeah, I thought that was a little early for Matt Harvey, but, I mean, it very well could be 2013. I mean, it's early for him to start the All-Star game, but it, it could be. It was, it was, I know that one was in, wasn't that in New York City at, at Mets, whatever stadium they, whatever, City Field. Yeah. So um, Harvey or V, I feel like it's more likely to be V. I don't know how popular of a name Harvey is in Europe. I mean, unless it's like an American transplant. So why would we know who this is? Exactly. It's got to be somebody we would know from maybe from Olympic basketball or we well, played eight years in the NBA. It was never an all-star. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it could just be a role player, but. Um, what about uh, uh, Arvidas Sabonis? Oh, okay. Yeah, that works. Was he ever an all-star? I mean, I don't think so, but I don't, I'm not too familiar with his career. I don't think anybody is. He smoked four packs a day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the only professional athlete we might have a chance of getting on this show is our Venus Sabonis. Pay him in camels. So I think that's Matt Harvitas Sabonis. That's fine with me. That's what we're checking in with, and I'm not saying it again. All right, and Booker Pete, what did you check in with? I, I knew this guy was a multi-year winner overseas. I mean, he was a legend overseas. He's like the Will Chamberlain of European basketball, and it made sense because he came over here and had a decent career, but uh, you know was too old to, uh, to really get it going the way he used to. So we also checked in with Matt Harvitas Sabonis. He's not your Vetus. He's not my Vetus. He's our Vetus. And both teams are getting points. It is Matt Harvitas Sabonis. So Sabonis won the year Oscar six times, which I think is tied with Dirk Nowitzki, if I remember right. He didn't come to the NBA until he was 30, though. And his knees were 43 when he came. He's not, he was never an NBA All-Star, but he's in the Hall of Fame. I know everybody's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, but uh, it's pretty wild. So, Jeb, guys, question four, pre and post game. What co-captain with Aaron Rodgers in 2003, an undrafted free agent linebacker who played 15 years with four different teams, was PGA Tour Rookie of the Year in 2017, who made a run at the 2021 Masters before putting his ball in the water, on the 16th hole on Sunday. I think that's got to be it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've seen it written. But, but... <laughs> check it in and then you give the answer. Yeah. Check in. Look, Pete has checked in. So it is all you to talk it out, core mindset. Yeah. So the, the Masters guy, Xander Chauffele, or however you pronounce his last name. Okay. And 2003 would have to be Cal. Yeah. So Lorenzo Alexander did go to Cal. 15 years. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, he just retired a couple of years ago. Yeah, that would make sense, 2018. So, yeah, so Lorenzo Alexander Chauffele, or however, you, whatever, you, I can spell the last name, but I don't know how to pronounce it, something like that. Sou- Souffle. <laughs> Lorenzo Alexander Souffle. All right, Book of Pete, what did you check in with? Um, I had uh, Xander Souffle. Lawful? Lawful and Souffle. Ahead of time, and I, I typed over to Scott, something Alexander, and he said, oh, yeah. Lorenzo. So we ended up with Lorenzo Alexander. 
And both teams are getting points. The answer is Lorenzo Alexander Souffle. No, it's uh, Alexander or Xander Shoffley. Uh, Lorenzo was cut from two different practice squads as an undrafted free agent before sticking with Washington, where he made a Pro Bowl in his sixth season, and then again with Buffalo in his tenth season. And Shoffley has finished top five six times in the majors, but has yet to win one. All right, good job, guys. Question five in pre and post game. What Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft pick from the Florida Panthers, who led them in goals in their 2018 Stanley Cup Finals run, was the 2020 WTA Player of the Year after winning the Australian Open and taking second in the French Open? We're checking in. All right, book a beat. Feel free to talk it out. I don't have either side of this, Scott. Um, yep, same. <laughs> I'm certainly not coming close to the first half. Mark andre Floriana. Floriana. <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury Becca Lobo. I just I feel like Mark Andre Fleury didn't lead them in goals. I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> I <laughs> goals allowed, maybe. I bet he yes, yes, I bet goal. he I bet he led the team in goals allowed. I, I would have to agree with that. Um I'm I'm at a loss right now, honestly, of where to even go with this. Yeah, I I initially I'm like, oh, WTA player of the year this has to be someone that we can think of but that hasn't happened so I don't know where to go on this the other the other one that I can think of is uh what's his name uh captain Mark Stone oh all right Mark Stone we can play off that for sure Stone Sour it can be Stone Stonewall Jackson there's a there's a lot of ways we can go with this yeah Mark Stone Phillips <laughs> Tony Collette Mark Stoney Collette Mark Stoney Collette Mark Stoney, Tony, Tony, Tone. Ooh. Alabaday, badabadabaday. Hey. <laughs> you know, Scott, I'd still team with you if you had no loot. So, uh, well, I don't. So, you are. So, <laughs> appreciate that. All right. So, we're going to go with, with uh, Mark Stoney, Tony, Tony. Yes. Call me a friend, but you only want my yen. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going with, right? Definitely. All right. Mark, we're going to check in with Mark Stoney, Tony, Tony. Badabaday. Hey. But I uh, don't have to repeat that. Uh, Team Cormines, what did you check in with? Um, took me a minute to get to who the Vegas Golden Knights got from Florida, but they actually uh, kind of hit the jackpot with this. It was uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, Um And Mason came at me with Sophia. Only tennis player I can remember in the recent past was Sophia Kennan. We don't know if that's it, but we went with Jonathan Marcheseau, Fia Kennan. I finally stumped one of you. Uh, one team is getting points, though. The answer is Jonathan Marcus Sophia Kennan. You made both of those names up just now. Yeah, that's, that's two <laughs> names I've never heard of. So I, it, I don't feel bad about not knowing that. Those are two people who very well could have been in my kitchen because I have no idea who they are. Well, Marcus is still with the Knights, and Kennan's currently the fourth seed in the French Open. I've heard of Sophia Bush. I've heard of Sophia the First. Sophia Loren. Sophia Loren. Yeah. Yeah. Sophia from Golden Girls. I guess she also goes by Sonia, which is uh, apparently a common nickname for Sophia in Russian. So. Is it, though? You know, I don't know. I was ready to take it, though, if you, if you were going to answer with Sonia. So. All right. So after the first quarter there, um, finally, Alex got one team there to, to uh, get one wrong. So we have a score of the Book of Pete with 110 and Cora Mines with 130. And so our second quarter is David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. 
This quarter will consist of five pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Question number one. Of the many March Madness buzzer beaters, two memorable shots in the 90s involved baseball passes down the right sideline of the court. David, who sank the game-winning three for Valparaiso in 1998 to send the Crusaders to the second round? Goliath, who made the turnaround fadeaway for UConn in 1990 to beat Clemson in the Sweet 16? You know, let's yeah, let's go with it. We just we don't need the first name, so yeah, just go with that. If that's what you think. Right. All right, we're gonna check in. All right, Book of Pete, feel free to talk it out. Right. I, I know exactly who this is. I, I don't know, I can't pull the name right now. So, so you're talking he, Ponzi schemes. Yeah, he, he was he almost went to prison. Or actually he <laughs> did go to prison, but then um All right. He said he was drafted by the Nets. Yes, he was drafted by the Nets. So around 91, I want to say, he, yeah, I think like 89, 90. Yeah, well, not 99, 90, 91, something like that. Well, nine, yeah, 90, they yeah. drafted Derek Coleman. So um, I want to say, it's got a first name. I think it's, I think it's George. Can you think of Tate, Tate George? It's Tate George. Tate George. Okay. There it is. Check that in. All right, Team Coremines, what did you check in with? Um, I didn't hit the first name first, and then I remember once Dan mentioned that he went to prison or was supposed to go to prison. I think he ended up going. Um, first name came to me, but we checked him with George originally. And both teams are getting points. The answer to Goliath is Tate George, and he is in prison for a Ponzi scheme, as Dan mentioned. Of course, the answer to David is Bryce Drew. He was now coaching the Grand Canyon Antelopes. Of course, his, uh, his brother just coached Baylor to the national championship. Good job, guys. Question two in David versus Goliath. Since the year 2000, four non-kickers have converted a PAT or field goal in a regular season game. David, what wide receiver known more for catching passes from a Hall of Famer and future Hall of Famer has successfully kicked a PAT for two different AFC East teams, one in 2004 and one in 2010. Goliath, in 2005, what Eagles linebacker became the first defensive player since Ted Thompson to successfully convert a PAT? And Thompson accomplished the feat for the Oilers back in 1980. We're going to check in. Cormines, you can keep talking it out. So I was going through the eagles roster as a cowboys fan i know most of them because i hate all of them as one does um <laughs> so it was like players like trent cole i don't think i don't even think he was a linebacker to be honest um i'm just thinking of defensive players um jeremiah trotter would i don't feel like he would have um, but the first guy that stuck in, out... in my chat, sorry, I said to Dan, I don't think Jeremiah Trotter was kicking field goals. No, he was, <laughs> I don't think he had a neck. Um, see, now you mentioned the first name, now, now it somehow rings a slight bell for me, but yeah. So the first name I said to you was Mark Simino. Um, I 
I, 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 his name came in my head for a reason other than him being on the Eagles. So, yeah. And like I said, I know he was a saint around 2007 ish. So if, if he fits the description of, like you said, a linebacker that kind of bounced around a little bit. Yeah. He, I think played four or five teams and he was drafted in my favorite year. So uh, out, of, out of Kansas state, um, if anybody wanted to know. Oh, that um, makes sense. Cause I know your host kind of thing. Oh, that, that might, that might be confirmation then. Oh, okay then. Uh, yeah. Let's go with it then. We're going to check in with Mark Semino for the Goliath. Booker Pete, Booker Pete, what did you check in with? Uh, I think they got it. Oh yeah. It's, I, it's, it's Semino. Um, Semino is a K-State guy and that yeah. makes a and lot of sense. He, he's the white linebacker on that team. Yeah. Um, but we, we checked in with uh, Welker for the, for the David. And both West, teams are West Welker, if you need me. To well, okay, West. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so many famous Welkers. <laughs> both teams. Welker. Both teams are getting their points. The answer to David is, of course, West Welker. And nice poll. I, I was maybe a little too vague in my wording there, but uh, the answer is Mark Simino. This is a know your host question for sure. Uh, he's actually not the starting linebacker that year, but then he went to the Saints. So I thought Mason might be all over this question but mark was actually born in the same hometown hometown my mom was born in and he is a k-stater so the other two kickers sort of non-kickers to convert a pat were jeff heath and doug flutie who did the drop kick he did the drop kick yeah so. i i typed over to scott k-state guy yeah former chief yeah and turns out hey both of them i i gotta i gotta start paying attention because i probably would have <laughs> got there much faster if i realized it was a k-state guy all right question number three shohei otani became just the fourth player to start a game as pitcher and hit in the lineup in place of the designated hitter david which pitcher known for secretly dabbling in another sport was the most recent to do so in an interleague game at oakland in 2016 and goliath what player whose Hall of Famer younger brother outshined his 14-year injury-riddled career was the first to do so in 1976? So we'll check in. That means Book of Pete, you can talk it out. All right, well, I think we've got the David to fall back on if we need it. Yeah, I, I think you're right about Madison Bumgarner. Um, you know, I you, – you said – you said Joe Necro, and my first thought was, why are they sending Joe Necro out to pinch hit? <laughs> but I think I heard, now this has nothing to do with the question, but I think I heard that Joe Necro has one major league home run, and it was off of Phil Necro. Really? That's cool. That doesn't necessarily mean anything in regard to this question. No, I, I literally only said, I mean, it was obviously Phil Negro is the more well-known of the brothers. Joe Negro seems like he could have hung around for 14 years. Well, he pitched he around for a while. And, he pitched with the twins in the eighties. Right. So, but again, that was just one of the, I, when I think of hall of fame pitcher with a brother that still had a lengthy career, Phil Negro and Joe Negro usually comes to my head pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I don't think we've got the the older brother or the the brother one. I don't think we got the seventy six one. So yeah, I'm I'm good just going with uh, Madison Bumgarner. 
Yeah, some points are better than no points. Or what was his uh, rodeo name? Totally forgot because I don't care for Madison Bumgarner. But we're going to check in with Madison Bumgarner for David. It was Mason something. Mason, You're right, uh, it was. It was, was Mason yeah. Saunders. Mason Giot. Oh, okay. Yes, I am Madison Bumgarner. Who found that? That would explain why you're always getting weird phone calls. We'll check in with Mason Saunders slash Madison Bumgarner for David. What'd you check in with Team Core Mines? It was a long talk. Um, There weren't many Hall of Famers that have brothers. We said the Younts, but I don't think his brother played long if at all um so i sent george brett to mason he liked it so we went with uh brett for the goliath and once again both teams are getting points kidding me a little bit a little bit of know your host on that one once i went to that it kind of it all clicked we're trying not, not answering to be... anything that go, plays outside of kansas city from here on out scott yeah probably a good <laughs> idea yeah <laughs> I try not to be too heavy-handed with the uh, know your host, but I couldn't help it with some of it's, these. It's, so. it's Michael Beasley from here on out. That's all right. <laughs> it's Jazz Cabbage. I've, I've hosted like ten plus games, and I'm still have a lot of know your host stuff in there. So I don't ever ask questions about Minnesota. <laughs> ever, not one. It wasn't that <laughs> one episode. <laughs> you're 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 remembering things wrong. You're oh, just right. remembering. <laughs> that was that was me I, asking I, about Minnesota. I didn't write an entire game that had something to do with Minnesota. I did not do that. <laughs> So George Brett's uh, older brother's name is Ken. Actually, four Brett brothers all played professional baseball. I think Ken and George are the only two to play in the majors. Ken was actually the more widely touted prospect, and he has almost 1,500 hits and over 1,500 innings pitch. So he was a pretty successful two-way player, even though he had an injury-riddled career. And, of course, David was Madison Bumgartner, uh, who's who was public enemy number one in Kansas City until – Royals won the World Series in 2015, and we kind of forgot about him. So, all right, question number four in David versus Goliath. Mario Andretti is one of three drivers to have won a race in NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One. David, who is the most recent driver to accomplish this feat, doing so in 2007? Goliath, who was the first driver, also known for starting the tradition of spraying champagne after a win? to accomplish this feat, doing so in 1967. So we're going to check in. Right, Book of Pete, that means you get to talk it out. Cool. All right. Well, again, I think we have the, the David to fall back on if we. <laughs> if we, he says. That's cute. <laughs> um, so he won races in all three in one year, correct? No, he just accomplished the feat. He won the third, whichever oh, one he did third, last six, okay, in 67, and decided I'm going to celebrate by spraying champagne. So it probably wasn't the Formula One race he won, because who cares? I'm guessing this he isn't someone as well-known as, uh, as um, Mario Andretti. And I, I hate to try to even guess at a Goliath in auto racing. Yeah, I I know my NASCAR, and I somewhat know IndyCar, and I know a little bit about Formula One. 
pretty certain Juan Pablo Montoya checks those boxes. It's... And 07 would have been the time he was actually racing. So Here's your money, Mason. That's a name. I'm familiar with Juan Pablo Montoya. Not, so. not Inigo Montoya. That's someone very, very oh. different. Right. They're not the he same He drove person? left-handed. Oh, they're not the same. Okay. Well, so I think let's, we go with are you that. okay with checking in with Juan I Pablo am. Montoya? Yep. All right. We'll check in with Juan Pablo Montoya. All right. Team Cormines, what'd you check in with? Well, we, I don't know why it's me because uh, Eric came up with it. Yeah, I. the Goliath's going to bother me when I hear it because I feel like I know this somewhere, but uh, we went with Juan Pablo Montoya for the David as well. And both teams are correct. The answer to David is Juan Pablo Montoya, not to be confused with the uh, with the Bachelor guy. I'm sad that I know that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, the answer to Goliath is Dan Gurney. Oh, yeah, that, one deserves, that one deserves that one deserves a Josh. Is he from Kansas City? No, that's not a know your host. <laughs> the know your host oh. part of this question was uh, uh, when I was a kid, we were watching racing, and my dad's favorite driver was Andretti, and so I was watching with him and I asked him how Mario was doing, and he told me whatever he's a fifth or whatever he was at the time, and then I asked him how Dreddy was doing because I didn't understand <laughs> that Andretti was you know. Same guy. I thought it was Mario and Dreddy. You know, they're you know, a pair. So. They were like Mario and Luigi. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The comedy Mario team, the Italian comedy team of Mario and Dreddy. <laughs> Dreddy had dreadlocks. It was. I feel like we could make a movie trailer out of an that. Italian with dreadlocks. <laughs> to the Laurel and Hardy of Italian comedy. All right. So, question five in David versus Goliath. Only two USA basketball players won a bronze medal with the 1988 Olympics team and a gold medal on the 1996 Olympics team. David, which of the two players admirably also played on the dream team? Goliath, which of the two players did not play on the dream team? We can check in. All right, Team Coramines, you can talk it out. So the 88 roster... I mean, David Robinson's easily an 88. You had uh, the likes of, I think Danny Manning was on that team. He would not have made it to. No, he wasn't on the 96 one. 96. Mitch Richmond? Was he on 96? 96. What about Dan Marley? I feel like he was 88 as well. But I don't think he would have played in. I, I don't know. And not to mention, he was like half Canadian. Um, let's go with let's go with Mitch Richmond. I like you it. Feel good? You feel yeah, good? Yeah, I that? feel good about that. Okay. I know he was on. I know he's on '88. He would not have been on that dream team, and I'm pretty sure he was around in '96 to play on that team. So we're gonna Sorry, we're gonna that. we're gonna check in with Mitch Richmond. All right, and Team Booker Pete, what did you check in with? We also checked in with Mitch Richmond for the Goliath. Yeah, and both teams are getting points. I'm sorry, that might be the last know your host. Might be, I don't know, I can't tell. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so 88 was the last non-professional team to play for, of course, the, the best team ever played in 1992. So that is it for quarter number two. All right, after the second quarter, it was scores of 
the Book of Pete with 270 points and Coromines with 350, getting all but one of the Goliaths in that third quarter or second quarter, something, whatever that. And that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. All right, I had a lot of fun with these questions. So, uh, Question number one at halftime. Space Jam Banger and Monstar's Anthem, Hit em High, was a collaborative effort from five hip-hop artists who have each been Grammy-nominated for Best Rap Performance. Name three of the five. Scott, I sat in the back seat just for this. Come on. Oh, boy. All right, Eric, you got this. I do. This Good, because right. I this don't. Is, this is wheelhouse for me. Hold on. Um, Definitely not wheelhouse. You, you start off with a movie. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> and, th- and then you talked about hip-hop and rap, which is not my area of expertise. So, Which is weird, because you're from the land of No Limit Soldiers and Master P. I know there's, I mean, you, know? you have, you have lots of Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne's, yeah, Lil Boosie. Exactly. Yeah. Do you, do you know this, Scott? Do you know the song? I know the song. Okay. It's I'm pretty like sure number, it's like the first track on the, the soundtrack. Mason, we can check in with that. Hey, I, those are, those are three hip hop artists. So it sounds good. All right, Booker Pete, you can talk it out. Right. I, I'm pretty sure you've engaged in a scare, staring contest with one of them. Yes, I think you're right. I definitely think LL was on that track. Did you win that staring contest, by the way? I I must have, because I stared at him for like two quarters straight during that Clippers game. So, <laughs> listen, that's how bad the, the Suns were back then. It was a Clippers-Suns game. What were you doing at a Clippers-Suns game? My uh, it goodness. Was, it, was, it cost $8, and we were like, why not? Were you abducted? That sounds like the place that they'd take Mason. What? No, this was Lob City Clippers, man. CP3 and Blake. I was all over that. All right. Um, I'm pretty sure Cool James is one of them. Yep. That makes sense. Um, the other one that's that's uh, busting out at me is uh, Mr. Rhymes. Mm-hmm. I don't know about a third one, though. Um um so nine i mean 96 coolio was he on that he very well could have been he was that's, big in that's, 96 that's, that is uh that's his year prime coolio. it is that's i thought Mashburn was 96 nice <laughs> now i get one that's a name for free then but anyway nice <laughs> um yeah i mean that's fantastic voyage time for coolio um i don't I don't hate that. I mean, we have to name I, three I, of the five. I so. feel like I, I thought I didn't remember if it was like five individual guys or if it was, you know, a duo or, but if there's five, then yeah, I doubt it's like bone thugs and harmony or something like that. We'll just, we'll go with, uh, we can go cool. Yeah. Ladies love cool. James Busta rhymes and bone. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> crazy bone obviously um i, I like yeah. coolio yeah I, I i mean he'd be a big get at the time so 
I mean, this is Space Jam we're talking about. They they spare no That's expense. what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't my favorite song on the soundtrack. That was the ballad for you. I will by a young Monica. But yeah, let's go with uh, let's go with uh, Coolio, LL Cool J, and Busta Rhymes. Was Aaliyah on this? On the song? <laughs> I don't think so. She's probably not. She's probably <laughs> probably. <not. laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going with. Uh, Busta Rhymes, Ladies Love Cool James, and Coolio. Yep. All right, and Team Coremines, what'd you check in with? Uh, just for for to be fun, I'm not going to use the same exact three because, but I'll use Busta Rhymes because he's my favorite of those three. Um, and the other two were, I believe, Method Man and Be Real. And both teams are getting points. You to named the five. Real. Very good. That who you're talking about? It was peak be real, not not this, not this lower level be real that people are used to. See that like that's the why be real that they uh, they shoot uh, for uh, for movies. The be real. That's <laughs> why so I didn't know it, Dan, because I I'm, I prefer Red Man to Method Man, so I don't I don't really? to Method. I prefer Afro Man. Yeah, I feel like I'm in. I know I'm in the minority, but I don't know. Red Man always like. I enjoy Red Man, but I, I, I feel I, like I, he always commanded right. like the song and the the videos better. I his presence. You're talking about St. John Redman? I'm not. Of course. I'm not putting one above the other. I feel like they were equal. Right. Telling Mason? you, Afro Man was where it was at. Mason? Mason, what do you have to say about Mason, this? What are your thoughts? Oh, sorry, Man I, was or Red Man? I was sleeping. Sorry. <laughs> Hit us with your knowledge of Red Man and Method Man. Go. All right. And that was the Mason <laughs> rap hour. All right. Question number two at halftime. In Billy Madison's return trip to third grade, he was tasked with writing Dugout, Bunt, and the last name of what Yankees broadcaster and Hall of Famer in cursive? We can check in. Oh, okay, glad. I was trying to pull it, but if you got it, then. Oh, yeah, I know what it is. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. Yep. Uh, Book of Pete, you can talk it out. Phil Rizzuto. (laughs) Couldn't eat my ice cream. In perfect cursive. Yep. And both teams are getting points. It is Phil Rizzuto. Very good. This is what the Z's look like. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's like squiggles. Bunt. (laughs) Perfect cursive. Wait, Mason, you've you've seen Billy Madison? Oh, yeah, multiple times. Okay. I I haven't. So I was, that was. What? And for once, I don't, I'm really Adam Sandler that much. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The lunch lady is the greatest part of any movie in the history of cinema. I I lose it every time she comes walking in with her just slopping these sloppy joes on the plate. It's amazing. Happy Gilmore is uh, much more my speed, but you know Billy Madison's decent. Mason, <laughs> I'm gonna go with business ethics. <laughs> All right, question number three of halftime. Abbott and Costello's famous "Who's on First comedy routine named eight players. On their lineup card, which position did they leave off the lineup card? Ron, this is all you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a breather. Um, I don't think that was Abbott and Costello. That wasn't that Mario Andretti. <laughs> did Mario that Andretti, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did it's... it with the soccer team, though. <laughs> Wait, it's a uh, gay in goal. We can check in, by the way. All right, Team Core Minds, you can talk it out. It's 
Okay. So, so they do first, second, third, catcher, and pitcher. And I want to say they did left field. I think I it's one of the – I want to say it's one of the outfielders they didn't do. Okay. I don't know about shortstop. Shortstop's giving me some pause here because I don't remember. Well, if, if you go with the logic of the worst player always plays right field, anybody who's ever played co-ed softball. Or Voto League. Yeah. yeah. Or kickball, so, Scott? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So it's... let me see. So there's who's on first, what's on second. I don't know. Third uh, base. Yeah. And there's today and tomorrow. Those are the pitcher, the battery. And okay. then left is there's like why and because. I think why was left because might have been center okay and so we're, we're, we're down to right field and shortstop i think shortstop had a name but i don't 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 stress right field i don't have anything for i think shortstop might have been something but i don't remember it i've seen the whole thing multiple times i just because this is old-timey baseball multiple so, times old-timey this. baseball um yeah i think i think it might be right field okay that I think shortstop has something, but I'm not going to be able to pull it. But I, I think you, I think you're right about that. So I guess right field. Alrighty. So we'll check in right field. All right, and book it, Pete. What'd you check in with? Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Who's on third? Pitchers tomorrow. Catchers today. Left field is why. Center field is because. Shortstop is I don't give a darn. Oh. And right field has no name. Never oh. well, it probably has a name, but it's never mentioned. I didn't know there was swearing in this bit. <laughs> and both teams are getting points. You're all over it. I have nothing more to add. All right, question four in halftime. Parks and Rex, Tom Haverford, and John Ralphio hired two NBA players to play basketball at their startup business, Entertainment 720. Name just one of the two. We can check in. Not what I not what I typed to you. But, oh, good. Because uh, see what I typed. <laughs> <laughs> we are checked in though. Core minds, go ahead and talk it out. What do you got, Mason? I haven't seen the show. The only thing I know does. I think it takes place in. I don't. Know, Illinois is where I think it takes place. I might be wrong. Um. So I don't know if it's something based off of that. This could be a know your host. I I just I. I'm not familiar with the show. I don't know anything about this. I don't know if the name has anything to do with it. I got nothing, so I don't know. Let's pick a player that would have guessed are on Parks and Rec. I know Chris Bosch was on an episode. Other than that's the only, what do we need two of them? We need one. So if you want to go Chris Bosch, I mean, I we it's don't have any. It. We don't have any time frame for when. I mean, we know when the show came out, but, you know, this could be yeah. a player from the 60s. I mean, like. I've, I've seen like six episodes of this show. I'm not a big fan of it. And one of them, Chris Bosch was in. I can't remember who else was in it. So, I mean, we can go with that. Maybe he was on another one. All right. We're going to check in with Chris Bosch. All right. And Book of Pete, what'd you check in with? They, uh, they very famously uh, keep Detlef Schrempf on, uh, on retainer. Just to play basketball in the office, and uh, 
Roy Hibbert joined him after a while, but we uh, we checked in with Detlef Schrempf. And one team is getting points. The answers are Roy Hibbert and Detlef Schrempf. Bosch was on a different episode. Uh, so you were should have right gotten it. Rick Smits. <laughs> that would have been a get. Yeah, Rick Smith is always a get. So, of course, the show is based in Pawnee, Indiana, not Illinois, but you're close. Next door neighbor. Right. They like to fight over, uh, you know, who who can claim Lincoln as their, uh, you know, home state or whatever. But Well, Matt knows the capital of Indiana, so. They had a bunch, Lincoln, of, bunch of athletes on that show. Lincoln was born in Kentucky, so I don't know why the Indiana would be fighting for him. Yeah, I don't either. All right, question five of halftime. This might be the hardest one. I don't know. See how you know your stuff here. What eccentric guitarist and former member of Guns N' Roses has released songs and albums in honor of NBA players, such as Michael Jordan, LeBron James, George Gervin, Pistol Pete Maravich, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I'm just going through the lineup. <laughs> uh, that's I'm missing somebody, but that's four out of five. I like that, Dan. We'll check in. All right, Core Minds, you can talk it out. So I'm missing a member of Guns N' Roses, but there's Slash, Duff McKagan, Axl Rose, Adler, I think was the drummer. Okay. And I'm missing I'm missing somebody. But if I'm uh... So he says guitarist, right? Yeah, McKagan. He was the bass player. Oh, yeah. What? Hold on. So you got Slash. You got. Uh... I can see him. Hold on. Let me let me get there. See, this is more of a wheelhouse question for me. Yeah, he was the other guitarist. Richard was... something. Richard. I thought it was Richard, right? No. It's Dick, it's a Dick, weird name. Dick Wilson. No, Branson. the first name was Richard. I I don't think it is. Like Fortis? Dad never heard that name. Okay. It's It's a weird name. Like both parts are weird. Both parts are weird. Yeah, it's Duff not McKagan. Not, it's not Duff McKagan though. But both no. parts are weird. No, Duff Mc, Yeah, Duff McKagan was bass. Dizzy Reed, he's the he's the. Oh, that's no, you got me there. It's um, Izzy something. Hold on. Izzy. 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 Izzy or Izzy not? Um, what is this? It's Izzy. I don't know why that clicked. Izzy something. Let me. For Guns and Roses. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was a dude named Izzy. Let me oh, think about the last name. Oh, I think I remember your. All right. Um. I'm going through the alphabet. <laughs> it's Izzy Stradlin. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's it. All he right. would have been. Yeah, he would have been another one. All right. We'll check that in. All right. And Book of Pete, what'd you check in with? Not one of the original members of Guns N' Roses. It's a guy that joined them later. And this would be probably the most eccentric guitar player that has ever lived. Um, came uh, one of his uh, big songs uh, was on Guitar Hero. It was called Jordan, um, and we're talking about Buckethead. One team is getting points. The answer is Buckethead, and the uh, yeah eccentric might be putting it mildly. Yeah, 
Uh, he was the uh, guitarist for Guns N' Roses for Chinese Democracy. So uh, most people yeah. probably rather forget that. Kind of, because Chinese Democracy took 20 years to, right. to, to record. So I think he was on it the entire time. I was so proud of pulling Izzy Stradlin for nothing. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm seeing a Dizzy Reed in their lineup. I don't see an Izzy. That's the current lineup, I guess. Though. So yeah, yeah. I've never I've heard, heard of the guy. So yeah. he was he was there for uh, what was it, Appetite for Destruction and both the Use Your Illusions. I'm pretty sure he was there for a while, and then I think he left and came back, maybe or something like that. Is anyone super shocked that Mason just ran through like the entire lineup of? Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses. And I forgot Buckethead because nobody cared at that point. <laughs> I did. Not about Guns and Roses. I cared about Buckethead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, after halftime here, the Book of Pete uh, came back there with a couple of correct ones when uh, Coramines got a couple wrong. So they are trailing only by 40, 370 to 410. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks! Quarter number three will be five on five. Five on five. For this quarter, there will be five categorized lists containing five items each, where each item is worth ten points. The teams will attempt to guess as many items as they can. However, if a team has an incorrect guess, they will receive zero points for that list. Eric, you might like this one. I didn't know that you were going to be on. But the first question in 5 on 5 is, who are the five Hall of Famers on the 2000-2001 Colorado Avalanche? <laughs> Wheelhouse right there. All right, Eric, go for it. Oh, I can confirm if they're names because I, I know some stuff about Avalanche. But uh, Five of what, them? Huh? What year was this? 2000-2001, the year they won the Stanley Cup, or the second time they won the Stanley Cup. So we got one, two, three. Yes, yes, and yes. Got three on a hockey second. question. <laughs> you don't know you got three yet. No, Dan confirmed it. I feel comfortable. We're checked in. Okay, right, so cool. Book of Pete, you can talk it out. All right. So far, you've said Sackick, Forsberg. Forsberg. Um, in Wa, I did. That's it. But I'm. Uh, that's it. I'm done. Is Hayduke in the Hall of Fame? Probably, since it's a name that I know. I don't know if he's in the the Hall of Fame. He's probably in some like a, an A Hall of Fame somewhere. He's probably like in the Czech Hall of Fame. He's in his like family's that. Hall of Fame, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's the definitely he was the first ballot in there. Well, how confident are you in Hayduke being a in the Hockey Hall of Fame? I'm I'm not okay. Um, not enough to put him on this list if we don't. All right. Thinking defenseman maybe. Possibly. Is what's his name? Foot Adam Foot was he in the Hall of Fame? I don't know him. I'll tell you right now, Jeff Finger is not in the Hall of Fame, and that's a real player. I know Larry Foot. I'm, I'm also not positive not in the Hall of Fame. that 
foot or Hayduke are in the Hall of Fame. Um, okay. Do they have someone that was just kind of hanging around? I'm trying to think about it. Um, yes, they did. Ray Bork. <laughs> he's in the he's in he's, the Hall of he's Fame. He's definitely in the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> thank you for asking that. I think we're gonna go with those four, Scott. I I, I don't know if we can come up with any. I'm happy we more. I'm happy we have four. All right. So Wa Forsberg. Sackick and uh, Bork. All right. And team Coramines, what'd you check in with? Uh, I'm going to start with the uh, three that should be in the Hall of Fame that will eventually hopefully be. Um, that's going to be Milan Hayduke, uh, Adam Foote, and Chris Drury, um, hopefully. Um, so they get at least three more that might make it. Um, and maybe Alex Tangay, but we'll see. Uh, but the five are Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Patrick Waugh, Ray Bork, and another very big name, Dan. I thought this would be much easier is uh, Rob Blake. Oh, yeah. Dang it. And both teams are getting their points. His name never even crossed my mind. I don't know why. He's probably more known as a king. Yeah. Than a member of the Avalanche. But uh, I know yeah, I'm Alex, hoping those. I know Alex Tangay and Chris Drury. I like those guys. <laughs> I use them on the video games. I'm just going to take it as a moral victory that we stayed away from both Foot and Hey Duke on that one so all right question two and five on five i want you to name me the five coaches who are the longest tenured and fbs power five at their current school Ooh, ooh. and i'd I'd like to clarify something that would be current power five schools so hold on can we, we need some clarification i guess um if a school was not power five but they are currently that's what you're looking for. That's fine. That's what we. So I'm kind of current Power Five schools, and the okay. longest tenured coaches at those. So as long as they're Power as long Five as they're in it, Power Five now, we're good. Yeah. Thank you. All right, we'll check in. <laughs> All right, book of Pete, you can talk it out. Let's roll those dice, Daniel. Well, you got. <laughs> we, we... <laughs> roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's 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 say the ones that we are positive okay. on. Right? Kirk Ferentz, absolutely. Kirk Ferentz for sure. Yep. Nick Saban. Yes, I would think so. I like Pat Fitzgerald. I, yep, Fitzgerald for sure. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Patterson is still at TCU, and that's the one that we were talking about. Yep. And I I think I think Mike, Mike Gundy, even though he was a man back then, I think he's still. I was going to say he's not forty anymore. I know that. No, he's not. He but no, he's still he's a man. In his, he's in his fifties now. He's more of a man. I'm in my 50s. I'm a man. I'm, I'm more of a man. Talk to me. Actually, don't because I can't hear anymore. I can't think of anybody who's been there longer than them. I, yeah, I know. I, I mean, all, all your classic guys are gone. Are gone. Yeah, obviously, your your uh, Matt Browns, Frank and Beamers, and your your uh, Matt Browns and your Bowdens, and you yeah, know, your Spurriers, and well, maybe your Spurriers are gone. Mine are still around. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> I like those five. I don't yeah. even think it's that much of a roll of a dice. I, I like those. All right. There it is. Let's do it. We're going to go with uh, Ference, Gundy, Patterson, Fitzgerald, and Saban. All right. And Coramines, what did you check in with? We went with Ference, Patterson, Gundy, Fitzgerald, and not Saban. We went with uh, Whittingham over at Utah. Ooh. And one team is getting points. Five coaches are Kirk Ference, who's been at Iowa since 1999. Gary Patterson, who's been at TCU since 2000. 
Mike Gundy has been at Oklahoma State since 2005. Pat Fitzgerald has been at Northwestern since 2006. And Kyle Whittingham has been at Utah since 2005. Saban is uh, or has been at Alabama since 2007, so he'd be the next yep. on the list. I thought Rick Majerus coached the Utah football team. so <laughs> <laughs> He's still with us. Saban was the first ones I threw out. Eric had Eric talked me out of that because I knew the timeline was close, but I wouldn't have thought of Utah. So that well, that was fun, Scott. Point. We had it was fun while it lasted. We were that's why that's why I asked that qualifying question because I'm like Utah. I thought and you were talking about Patterson. I applied to both Patterson and Whittingham. That's a tough way to lose or to not score. The oh, thanks, there. Alex. <laughs> 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 Listen. Eric owes me one after the last time we played. So. Not only, I mean, we got Eric on, admittedly doped up, and <laughs> the and then you and then you give him a friggin' Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> Come on now, my favorite hockey team. I couldn't help it. Uh. Listen, Alex is good people. I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you where do you come down on the uh, the whole uh, Pete versus Dick Weber? Uh... <laughs> yes, Alex. Where oh, man, do you me on stand the spot. on that? <laughs> I mean, if Pete Weber was was that much of a whatever he was, brash, hard to imagine Dick the word you're looking for. It was hard to imagine Dick wasn't a little brash, but thank you. Know. Thank, you know what? <laughs> but, you know, maybe maybe it was the mom. Uh, what's what's Dick's wife's name? Maybe, maybe she was the brash one in the family. What's Dick's wife's name? That's Eric's the really title. really like an ounce right now. He's gonna send him one of those Jarek McKinnon Avalanche jerseys he's got behind him there. Jarek, Jarek, yeah, I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> Kate, <laughs> it's Kate, Kate McKinnon, <laughs> newest member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Jerry. You can get that, me- you can no. get that messed up Paul Stastny jersey over there. I know it's Nathan. I actually, I like Nathan McKinnon. You can get, you can get that 19th place Collingwood Magpies scarf back there. Uh, third overall pick in the midseason draft. I hope everybody's ready at 3 a.m. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Uh, question number three. Here's a fun one for you. And five on five. I want you to name the uh, the last. Oh, you'll see. Okay. The last five U.S. women to medal in an Olympics alpine skiing event. Oh, this is Eric's wheelhouse right here. Eric has left the building. (laughs) There you go. I gave him an avalanche question. Oh, Eric's getting getting all five. I used to like Alex. Alpine skiing. Alpine. Oh, that narrows it down to. Yeah. Yeah, just to clarify, those are all the downhill events. None of that cross country. Wait, stuff. I was just to say. Wait, I thought all skiing was going downhill, but I was no. Hey, Wesley oh. Matthews Jr. on my screen. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's right. Can't be hmm. wrong. I mean, it could be. Could it? I don't know. I don't know much. I don't think I know anything about alpine skiing. No, Alpine's like a uh, like an air freshener in your car. Alpine's a brand of dog food, right? That's Alpine. Alpo. Yeah, I know. I was messing with you. <laughs> right. I was messing with you. Uh, sh- sure. Well, he said that- Alpine for the scent in your car. It's a pine tree. I, was, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard Alpine as a scent for your Isn't car. Isn't it a lifesaver flavor? Or is that old Alpine dog food. It's frozen, frozen treats. We're checked in. Oh, you get to talk it out. We got all five. We're good. Yeah, we have. Oh. There's a. Uh, so we have one, <laughs> maybe Lindsey Vaughn, right? I, I mean, and who's that other one? She had like, a, I think she had a video game. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a video game named after her. Uh, crap. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Alpine skiing video games. Peekaboo Street. <laughs> yeah, that's a name. 
and that's and we're done. Sure. Uh, can you think of anybody else? Is Bodie Miller a dude or a chick? <laughs> no. Who's Bodie uh, Miller? I know he he's she's a skier. I I don't know the gender. But hey. I I haven't asked I haven't asked their pronouns, so I don't know. Um. Oh no, st- there was one. Um, oh 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 oh. Like 2018. Schifrin. Um, uh, that's it. We're done. I'm calling it. So Street, Vaughn, and Schifrin. That's it. All right. And Booker check P, what'd you, sorry, Booker P, what'd you check in with? Forgot about Schifrin. Completely forgot about her. Is that Michaela? Yes. Completely forgot about her. We have uh, Lindsey Vaughn, Peekaboo Street, and uh, Julia Mancuso. And both teams are getting points. The five are Michaela Schifrin, Lindsey Vaughn, Julia Mancuso, Peekaboo Streets, and the tougher one, Diane Roth. And they won David a, a number sister? of events. So. Definitely. Ooh, so it's R O F F E. But She is not a gigolo. <laughs> no. Diane Roth IRA. <laughs> Pre post. Before right and after, right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Pre post game. Julia Mancuso. Was it something Mancuso? Was it Julia? Julia, yep. All right, so question number four. This one was written for Matt, or had him in mind anyway. I want you to name for me the five catchers with the most gold gloves. That may not be old-timey enough for him. No, no, I don't think it is. They didn't have catchers back when he was into this stuff. (laughs) The the ball just bounced off the backstop and came back to the pitchers. The batter turned around and had to go pick it up. (laughs) Throw it back to the pitcher. (laughs) The worst, I hate that. We'll check in. All right, Book of Pete, you can talk it out. Nito Santiago. I, I don't think so. <laughs> P- Pudge is Pudge is one. Obviously. Bench. Johnny Bench is, is he has 10. Yadier okay. Molina has nine. Yep. Yeah, those three for sure. I'm pretty sure Bob Boone. Yeah, I think that's it. I like that as an answer. Is up there. And the other guy that I was thinking of is you saying you saying know your host made me think of this guy. Okay. He had a stint with the Royals in the mid eighties played with the Cubs after that is Jim Sundberg. Oh, I, I know him. I don't know he, how he, many he played mostly with the Rangers. Shout out to, uh, to Walling Josh. Love that name. Love that name. But he had a, he had a stint with the Royals with the Cubs. And then I think he went back to the Rangers. How many that. do you think he would have? Like six, because seven. he was a he was the defensive right catcher in that time i th- I bet he's got at least five and he wouldn't have been getting blocked by any of those other guys because no they weren't playing at the same time we don't have to go with him but he's my he's kind of my parenthetical answer here i mean if you think he has what five or six seven? i bet he has at least five so then it just comes down to is there someone else that sneakily got I mean, you know, all these other guys that we're seven. naming are are offensive guys that you know, yeah, like Sandy Almar Jr., my guy, yeah, Joe Mauer, Buster Posey. I mean, well, he's you know AJ Pierzynski. Oh, yes, no. big big time offensive player. <laughs> Jason Baratek. Two guys, three. There's probably half the people on this podcast probably like AJ AJ Pierzynski. That's I, you can I, you can't go anywhere and get a fifty percent like AJ Pierzynski. I don't I don't have a problem with AJ Pierzynski. He's whatever. I don't really think he's, much about him. 
He got guys Joe Nathan. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Royals fan over in the corner there does not like AJ Przinsky <laughs> at all. <laughs> I love Sal, he loves Sal Perez though. I bet. You uh, want to go with those four, or do you want to add Sunberg? I kind of want to add Sunberg because one, you know what? Fun. If we're gonna go down, let's go down in a blaze of glory, right? Yeah, we already kind of screwed up on that other one, and Alex already declared us the losers, so we might as well. <laughs> Just add, add Sunberg. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go Rodriguez, Bench, Molina, Bob Boone, and Jim Sunberg. Check it in. All right, and Coramines, what'd you check in with? So we're right off the bat, Bench, Molina, Pudge. Eric added Bob Boone, and there's one that we left off. We we're not so sure about. We thought. The, we didn't go with this one. We thought the last one might have been a know your host. I Well, I threw out Salvador Perez. I know he's won a few, but I didn't know where he was. Um, so we left him off. So we went with just bench Molina, Pudge, and Boone. And both teams are getting points. Sunberg has six. And Boone and Sunberg did both play with the Royals, though they didn't win their gold gloves with the Royals. Uh, with five are Salvador Perez and Bill Freehan. But you guys nailed it. Good job. And that brings us to question five in five on five. This one's for you Minnesotans out there. This is the uh, most touchdowns thrown to Randy Moss. And on this one, there is a tie for, for fifth. So I'll take one, but not both of the names to get the points. We're checked in. All right, book a beat. You can talk it out. All right. So I initially thought about Matt Castle, but he, he, I guess he could be one that's tied. I, I think during that, uh, during the season where, uh, where Brady tore his ACL. Yeah. No, I know he, there was a lot. I mean, probably was. He, he had to throw more than 10. It's, I was thinking, what, 11 or 12 maybe? Yeah, I, I think that makes the list. Yeah. So we like Brady, obviously Cunningham, Cole Pepper. And Kerry Collins, you sure, was the starter on the Raiders? Yeah, he was. Um, okay, so I like... Brady Cunningham Culpepper Castle. Okay. And then either Collins, Jeff George, or Jeff George. You know who should have thrown him a lot more than probably a lot did? of QBs. Favre should have thrown well, him a lot more than he actually did, but did. But uh, yeah. And this isn't going to be a random Titans QB. So we don't have to worry about that. No, it's not. Super Bowl homeboy. I mean, Brady Cunningham Culpepper Collins and Castle. I like Castle more than Collins, honestly. You want to just cut it at four? I, I think Collins had to throw him at least. I think Collins might be the tie. Yeah, I could. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. So, I mean, if, if we're thinking Castle's, let's say, in the fourth spot and there's maybe 11 or 12, that could put us at seven, eight, nine. Yeah. In that case, I think Jeff George is in the mix too, but. Yeah. Do you feel more confident about George or Collins, do you think? Collins. Okay. For sure. I say right. we let's let's do it. Let's five. go with it. All right, we're gonna go with right. uh, Brady, Cunningham, Culpepper, Collins, and Castle. Lots of right. saves. Yeah, what core minds would you check in with? Uh, so the three we started out with are Culpepper, Brady, Cunningham. Castle is the one that kind of surprised me, but thinking about it, it does make sense. And we had two that we think might be the ones tied for fifth um, between Collins and George, and so we went with. Collins, so we went with the exact same five. And the same parenthetical, too. Yeah. We can't catch a break, Scott. Nope. And you're all over it. Both teams getting points. 
And first is Dante Culpepper with 53, Brady 39, Cunningham with 18. Castle had 11 in 2008 when Bernard Poller of the Chiefs took out Brady and changed the rule about hitting the quarterback. And then in the tie for fifth was Jeff George and Kerry Collins with eight. Favre only threw him two touchdown passes. But you Todd Bauman's on that yeah, list he, somewhere. He had four. Farratt had five. Like I said, I told Dan if Farratt was on the list, I would head bump yeah. my laptop. Yeah, we, we came <laughs> up punch with a bunch. A wall. We came up with a bunch of them. Farratt, Brad Johnson, Kaepernick, Alex Smith. Yeah, I bet Colin yeah. Kaepernick too. Yeah. Yeah. Ka- we, Kaepernick had one, had one. Johnson two. Smith two. Alex Smith. And uh, more than Favre was Andrew Walter. Oh, he got <laughs> oh, in for yeah. the Raiders? Oh. That's right. Arizona State product. All right. Well, after the third quarter, a little bit of a gap here, but not too bad. Uh, the Book of Pete has 540 points and a potential record-tying number going on here for uh, Cora Mines with 630. Oh, do it. Only a tie. Hey, that's fine. You know who else tied? Carrie Collins. <laughs> but a tie is like Jeff kissing George. your sister. Yeah, but you know who said that? Someone had a hot sister. <laughs> or or Donny Osmond. My sister is a weird old. That brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each not to exceed their current point total. And your categories are all in the form of a question. The first is, oh brother, where art thou? Number two, SEC who? Number three, prodigal son? Number four, French-Canadian connection? And number five, he was a bench warmer? Oh brother, where art thou is baseball. SEC who, of course, is college football. Prodigal son is basketball. French-Canadian connection is hockey. Big surprise there. And he was a bench warmer, and this is going to come with a question as well. Basketball? <laughs> and there is, a, there is a specific reason for that. That's like Eric's baseball question that wasn't about a hockey player. <laughs> it's still baseball. It is now time for the teams to submit their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, let's get to the questions. All right. Question number one. Oh, brother, where art thou? What right-handed pitcher, known for throwing on the far third base side of the pitching rubber, went 11-2 and with a 2.56 ERA in his rookie season during two different stints in the majors? One, replacing Bartolo Colon while he was on the DL, and one replacing his brother, who was designated for assignment. Like that a lot. I'm just trying to think of who else would fit. I, I honestly don't think you need to think who else would fit. I think that's it. You think that's it? I do. Okay. I don't know how you landed on that, but I like it. <laughs> I All right. Well, let's uh, check it in then. All right, Core Minds, you can talk it out. I have much to give you here. Stuck on... The fact that I think for some reason I remember this guy for the Angels that pitched that way, but I can't pull the name right now. We don't, I mean, we have a wide time frame here because it's just replacing Bartolo Colon. 
<laughs> He's got a long career. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a wide time frame. Any pitchers that brothers that were? We're back to the brothers thing. Yeah. <laughs> George, Bre- George Brett. Ken Brett. Um, recently? I mean, this is going to probably... If, if I'm thinking the right thing with the Angels, this is going to go back to... When was where? How long was Cologne on the Angels? Because I don't remember the, I know the general time frame, but like mid two thousands. Dude, he was so many places. I, I know, I might I might be wrong about the Angels. I just yeah, yeah. What about uh Angels pitcher? You have something? <laughs> I well, no, just think of an Angels pitcher from what nineties. <laughs> I I mean, we can all go through and give you one, and then. You can pick. <laughs> who was the who was the, who was their big pitcher from from the two thousands? <sighs> Who's the what? Who was their big pitcher from the two thousands? <laughs> He's like a twenty game winner. Tw- okay, I got him then. From like two thousand six till maybe a th- couple years ago, five four years ago. See, the, uh, I don't know. The only name I keep coming with was Tyler Skaggs, but it's obviously not him. No, um, he's, uh, he's not with us anymore. Yeah, but that's was the, Ricky I, a pitcher in the. Uh... Boz? Oh, Boz, yeah. Boz Boz <laughs> uh, what's his name? Just that pitcher mid 2000s. Yeah, I think he had a brother. <laughs> but that, that's what we need then. That's probably the guy I'm thinking of. It's incredible it's for, to if, listen if, to. If it's for the Angels, I, I can't I, give, give me one Angels pitcher. Crap. Thinking. We have that's a chat I'm... going, Dan and I. Yeah, we do. We have quite a few of them. You want one right, of them? Give me one ooh, of these angels. Here's one, Dan. You'll appreciate this one because he played. I can get. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Washburn, and then the, but he was too. He was well before Frank Tanana. No. <laughs> starts yes. With a, starts with a W. Starts with a W. Yes. Hoyt Wilhelm. Weaver. Yes. Von Washington. <laughs> you said the W. You got me there. I was not even Weaver. I know. I'm pretty sure he had a brother. I don't know who was better, who was whatever, but it, I think Weaver's Weaver a, State. Let's go with Weaver. <laughs> that's the only thing I got. I might be way off on Angels, but that's where I was thinking with it. But I'm fine Angels with pitcher. Weaver good. is a Angels pitcher, so lock it up. <laughs> check in with Weaver for hundred. And Book of Pete, what did you check in with? Uh, well, Dan, I told you they'd get there. If they just continue to talk. Um, yeah, I pretty early. I figured this is probably Jared Weaver because. He would have replaced Bartolo on the Angels and then his brother Jeff at some point in time because his brother got designated for assignment a lot. So and he had a kind of a weird, funky uh, wind up that I remember. So with those things, uh, we checked in with Jared Weaver for 100 points. It really is amazing listening to you guys, how often it sounds like you have no clue and you still pull the answer. It's not amazing from from (laughs) from our end, but the answer is Jared Weaver. He was called up to replace his brother Jeff in the rotation. So both teams getting points. That was 100% against Mason. That was just gave me a team. Pick a pitcher. You gave me W. (laughs) Why didn't you land on Jared Washburn? Because he was terrible. Other Jared. (laughs) All right. Question number two. SEC who? The SEC has placed two teams in the top five and two more teams in the top ten. And the final AP poll four times since the 2011 season. What now defunct conference was the last to do so in the last year of its existence? 
And of course, the final mm -hmm. AP poll is released the calendar year following the season. So I'm referring right. to the final AP poll of 2011 as the one referring to the 2011 season. I like and hate this question at the same time. <laughs> Thanks. I was hoping to challenge you all a little bit. Let's do it. Let's just go with that. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We'll check in. Jeez. All right, Cormines, you can talk it out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, I got a bunch of conferences, but I don't like any of them. Nothing's jumping out. One of the first things I said was Southwest because that's what the Southeastern eventually became. But I, I don't think of anything there. There's the WAC, but that doesn't fit the time frame. I don't hate uh, Big East as an answer, but I just don't know. I don't remember the exact time frame when they ended. I couldn't tell you for sure what teams would have been. Yeah. I, I, that, I, I feel like Big East is too... It, it shouldn't have taken this long if it was. You know what I mean? Like That's too obvious kind of thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, there were some good teams in there, but I just don't. We can go with the big eight. Yeah, because, I, I mean, that goes back a ways, but they had some really good teams during then. I just couldn't pinpoint when the big eight stopped being the big eight and then what teams would have been. Big eight was like 96-ish. We're talking like Missouri, Kansas, West Virginia, I believe. Maybe not West Virginia. No, I think we're more in the central. So Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Washington, Iowa. Let's go Big Eight. I don't know. Is this a know your host? Maybe. <laughs> Could be. It. All right. So we're going to go with the Big Eight for 100. All right. And Book of Pete, what did you check in with? <sighs> this, this, question nearly broke me i'm trying we were trying to think of, first of all we were trying to think of what are defunct conferences because every time i brought one up i thought about it. no they still exist they just exist with way different teams than they did when they were around like the southern conference and the, the swack and then i started wondering what is a defunct conference i said is the big eight defunct because now it's the big 12 and they've invited more people in. And I could not figure at all what a defunct conference was. And then we finally just said, you know what, there were, by the time the big eight became the big 12, they had some big teams in there. So why don't we just say the big eight for 100 points? Yeah, I wasn't trying to trick you with this question. It's probably my favorite uh, trivia question, but both teams are getting points. It was <laughs> the big eight. So technically, and I, as somewhat of a technicality, but the big 12 is not a continuation of the big eight. I'm pretty sure Texas would not have been okay with that. Uh, the big eight merged with a portion of the Southwest conference to form a new conference with new headquarters and new commissioner and all that's called the big 12. So, Last year, of the, their existence was 1995, so I know you all know who was first, one of the considered one of the best teams ever, Nebraska. Can you name the other three? It's pretty tough. Thought we were done with Omaha. K-State. Yeah, K-State was seventh. What year was this? Um, 1995. Colorado? Kansas. Kansas was, too. Yeah. They both Colorado were. was fifth, and KU was ninth, so not even Oklahoma was one of the 
four teams. And yes, I mean, was down then. Half, half the conference was in the top 10. All right. But you got it. So great job. <laughs> Question just, number three. Just going to say here before you go on. I, yeah, go ahead. I got this one. Yeah, he was on it. Yeah, on way before you Matt did. and old conferences. This <laughs> conference color question. All right, question number three in the fourth quarter. Prodigal son, who led his new team from a 32 and 50 record the previous season to the NBA Finals, only to face off against the team that traded him and lose to them in six games, despite exploiting a loophole in the role in the rules. That nearly netted them a 3-2 advantage in game five. These questions where I can't grab on to a time frame, I, I hate them. I know who it is. <laughs> I didn't even have to go. Oh, good. That's the name. Check it gonna, in. That's the name I was going to type to you. Okay. Whew. So Book of P just checked in. Cormines, you can talk it out. So my background knowledge, this is a video that I watched. It's somewhere in the 70s. The loophole was something to do with timeouts where like you call a timeout and if you didn't have any, you, there's some kind of rule that you could do something with it. And my first thought was as a Celtics team. And now I'm looking at the categories, prodigal son, S U N. Was there a Celtic sons final in the seventies? Yes. Okay. Then that might be that. Now the question is who, who did this? Let his new team. Um, so be a coach for one of those two teams, right? A coach, yeah. player. Who led his new team from a thirty-two and fifty yeah. record to the Traded NBA him. Finals? Traded him. Oh, sorry. So it would have been a player. So a player that played on the Suns and the Celtics in the seventies. Is that that's um, is that Paul Westfall? That's a name. I know. I know he was the Suns' coach. Yeah, I, I associate that name with the Suns. I don't know about the Celtics part. I, he played for the Celtics as well. If I'm right about everything that I said, which I I feel decently confident it's a set. It's a, it's a set. I feel pretty confident it's the 70s. I feel decently confident it's a Celtics team. Okay. So if everything else lines up, then and that and Westfall played for the Celtics and the Suns, then. I'm fine with that. If that's going with the category, then I, 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 I've never had the category title help me out before because I've never paid attention to it. So first time for everything. It's back to back episodes where the category title might help me because of Marcus's long, long ball. Yeah. It was was, Josh was the one that got that, but it pays to read the category sometimes. But I, I, I mean, just based on what you said, the only person I know who played for the Suns and the Celtics is Paul Westfall in that time frame. Yeah, like I said, the only thing I'm latching on to is it's a, it was an SB Nation video about weird rules, and they called it was something to do with timeouts, and he called one when he didn't have any, so they gave him a free throw, and then they got the ball or something. I don't know. It's okay. something to do with that. That's right. the loophole part. So let's, I'm, let's go with, I think that's let's go it. With it. So we'll check in with uh, Paul Westfall for 100 points. And Book of Pete, what did you check in with? We cannot catch a break, Scott. We nope. cannot do it. That's uh, it was it was definitely Paul Westfall that he took advantage of the uh, the the timeout loophole that let him just keep calling timeouts and um, it's it's Paul Westfall. And both teams are getting points. It is Paul Westfall. 
I did steal this question from an episode of Weird Rules on Secret Base. And I could explain it to you, but you really should just go watch it. But Havlicek hit a basket to go up by one, and Westfall called a timeout when they didn't have any. Back then, the loophole was that the Celtics got a technical free throw, but the Suns still got the ball, and they got the timeout, and they got the ball advanced to half Half court. right? Yeah. And there was only one second left, and then they hit a shot to send it into – I can't remember if it was to go into. I, tri- think, I think it was, was to go into triple overtime. Yeah, I think they were already in double overtime. Many call that the greatest game ever played. Yeah, so definitely just go watch the episode. That brings us to question four: French Canadian connection. Wayne Gretzky had one thousand nine hundred and sixty-three assists on goals by one hundred and forty-one different players in his twenty-year career. Yari Curry scored three hundred and sixty-four goals, assisted by Gretzky, by far the most. Which player, a Hall of Famer who played with Gretzky on, Gretzky on two different teams, had the second highest number of goals assisted by Gretzky with 115? If you feel good with that name, yeah, I trust you on that. All right, we're going to check in. All right, Book of Pete, you can talk it out. All right, French teammates of Gretzky. Go. Um, also in the Hall of Fame, so it's not a Hey Duke. We know he's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, let me think back to the Oilers lineup because that's probably coffee. Grant Fuhrer, but I don't think he was he was assisting him. Same same uh, conundrum we came to earlier when the when Mark Fleury Mark Andre Fleury wasn't scoring. Right. Um, right. Yep. Can't think. Glenn Anderson was on that team. You know what? We didn't uh, we didn't bet anything on this, so um, we didn't. Which means we can say, "Hey, Duke." We could say, you know. Messier was on the team. Let's go with Messier. <laughs> Messier? All right. Yeah. Well, Mark Messier. All right. And Cormines, what did you check in with? Uh, I was not no, 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 no. For how many points? Sorry. Oh, yeah. How many no, points? We already Dan? said so. For zero. Yeah. They said it. They said it. We said it. We said it. We said it. I think it. they said it. <laughs> they might have. I think we said it. Uh, yeah. So um, we are uh, 95% sure. It's kind of weird because it is a defenseman. I'm pretty sure it was Paul Coffey. We wagered 100 points. Fortunately, no teams getting points here. The answer is Luke Robitaille. Robitaille? Really? Played with Gretzky on the Kings and the the Rangers. Yeah, so Messier didn't play on the same line with Gretzky very often. And Coffey was up there, but uh, he was not second. Do Do you have that for sure? From NHL.com, if you can find a source uh, that's yeah, Eric's mind is better than that one. Uh, uh, okay, I want it. I, I want it to be right because I wanted them to share the record. Damn it! I th- I'm so sorry, Mason. I don't think that's right, but I'll whatever. Well, we can check it out. I'd be happy to, you know, find the find the answer if we can. Here I was thinking it was going to be someone I never heard of, and it's Lou friggin' Robitaille. Robitussin. Robitussin. Don't isn't that a shot in your butt? It's a shot you're taking your butt. Well, all medicine. <laughs> yeah, all drugs are. Sorry, I got that tussin butt. I can't. I can't. Uh, can't go to work today. Yari Curry, by the way, finish K in his name. <laughs> <laughs> we should have gone with Grant for her just to keep the yeah, theme going. We probably should have. Yeah. Assisted by Gretzky on goals, Curry by far the most. He had on goals scored by one player. Gretzky assisted in 115 goals by Robitaille and 106 by Anderson. 
and all Gretzky assisted on goals by 141 players. I got that's, uh, that's I've, got Paul, I've got Paul yeah. Coffee here, yeah, with 116. What? From... Oh, goals assisted by Gretzky. Yeah, Curry has the most assists. Okay. This is goals scored that Gretzky that he passed on. him. Right. Gretzky passed to them. Assist by yeah. Gretzky. Okay. Yep. It's the other way around. Is Paul Coffee? Wait, no. Okay. Well, wait. Paul Coffee's the other way around. Oh, Paul Coffee has assisted, assisted Gretzky in 116. Yes. Oh, I just saw the same stat. List. Yep. Okay. He's second yep, on yep. that list. Yep. Yep. Robitaille is second on the other one. I, I apologize because I was mixed How up. How dare you, Eric? Listen. <laughs> I don't like missing hockey questions. With that, uh, with that swing right there, made things super interesting here now, folks. Book of Pete has taken a lead with 840 points. And the, uh, what are they called? Coral Mines are at uh, 830. This isn't as fun, though, because there's no record to be shot. <laughs> and that brings us to our final question. He was a bench warmer. Benched in favor of Steve Kerr, who would go on to break Ricky Henderson's record for most stolen bases all time in the postseason? Tell me where you wanted him to go. <laughs> Here. Yes. Then I know did. it. I know it. It's this person, 100%. All right. Check it in. We're checked in. All right. Team Cormines, you can talk it out. It's, it's Kenny Lofton. Okay. It's, he has the record for postseason stolen bases. Okay. I just didn't understand Steve Kerr being in there. They probably okay. played basketball together in college. Okay. Yeah. Probably, that, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That threw me off completely. But if you feel good about that. Yeah. I know he, I know he beat Ricky Henderson's record. I think it's like by one, maybe. So, okay. Sounds good. All right. Checking in with Kenny Lofton for 100 points. All right. And Book of Pete, what was your answer and wager? Growing up, one of the very few fun facts that my dad always told me repeatedly was that Kenny Lofton played point guard at Arizona. And I was just like, okay, great. Um, which makes sense because Steve Kerr played at Arizona. So it would make sense that Steve Kerr would replace him. And you put Lofton in the playoffs like almost every friggin' season with his stolen base prowess. And you put two and two together and you get the win. So we checked in with Kenny Lofton for 91 points. And both teams are getting points. It is Kenny Lofton. Steve Kerr blew out his knee in 86 and had to sit out a year. So Lofton started in his place in 86, 87. But then when Kerr came back, he took back his starting point guard position. Lofton was on scholarship to play basketball at Arizona and tried out for the baseball team his junior year and had very few at-bats and was drafted in like the 17th round or something like that before becoming a pretty good baseball player. Amazing. What a finish. The game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Cora Mines finishes with 930 points and our clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted David Whitehurst award with 931 points is book of Pete. Anything you guys would like to say before we call it a night? People make fun of me for taking a while to figure out my wager. That was waging wagering strategy right there. At figured, they, they had in order for us to win, they had to miss one. So I figured Giving them 300 points and putting us one ahead of that was the best way to bet it. Woohoo! I've been losing a lot lately. I don't know if anybody's noticed this. 
Yeah, well, something's going on with the universe because I've been winning. I don't like what what's happening. So uh, I think it's the kid's fault. Did you get ever rid of since, them? Ever since I had this kid. kid. <laughs> I mean, if it comes to winning or the kid. Uh, so no, just no choice. Check Craigslist later. Um, <laughs> well, well, but the, my question is, does the wife come with the kid? Sure. <laughs> Two for one deal. So we're going to have a BOGO event. <laughs> Mason. That said, I'm gonna go do some meth. No, 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 no. In the butt. <laughs> Everything goes in the butt. Mason, listen to hit him high. Don't do meth, kids. Mason, don't do meth. Mason's an adult now. Okay, he can do whatever yeah, he, can he do wants. All the meth he wants. He's a man. Yes, <laughs> not forty though. Listen, you got a job now. The drug test is probably already done and over with. So just go have some fun. Just brush your teeth in the butt. Well, I want to say thanks to Alex. This is an awesome game, dude. There were about four or five questions in here. Well, all of them were great, but there was about four or five of them that just blew me away. That were unbelievably wonderful questions. So. Um, but the whole game was awesome. My favorite part was that uh, a lot of it played real fast and good at the beginning, and guys were getting it. And then in the fourth uh, quarter, you just kind of yeah ratcheted it down. I loved it. It was great. I'm telling you, people who, wrote, who who write future games, if I can't get a handle as to where the where in history it happened, it's going to take me a while to get there. A while. <laughs> a while. How long then? A little bit. All right. Alex, great game. Seriously, it was a lot of fun. Covered a lot of different areas. You know, a little bit of something for everybody. I don't know what's up with that avalanche question, but you know what? We won, so I'm not even going to give you crap for it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great game. Please feel free to come back and host anytime. And obviously, we'd love to have you back on as a player as well. Alex, those are my favorite categories. So, hey, anytime those are all put together, I, I'm happy. You had a Cowboys football draft question. You got it right, too. I had a Randy Moss question. Exactly. I had that, that Wayne Gretzky one. <laughs> I don't think I had anything. <laughs> no, your, your, your wheelhouse is old sports. So there's plenty all. of those. Listen, you had that Guns and Roses, all right? Yeah, I named the whole lineup, but not the, the, the new lineup. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you guys like the game. Uh, I can't tell you how much fun this was for me. I've been writing these questions for like six, seven months or something like that. So Ooh. if you give me that much more time, I can come up with maybe uh, a game as good as this. So you can we'll be, be on right after the next benches. Yeah, I was going to say right after the next <laughs> yeah, bench. Exactly. Thanks, Alex, for being a, a patron on our Patreon team. This is awesome. Thank you very much for doing that. Oh, thanks Just for having me lights on. on help us, helps us do uh, award shows, you know. Yeah, Pete Weber ain't cheap. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. 
You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP. Oh, okay. Then I need to send you money. I didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's also in charge of the OnlyFans account. <laughs> well, actually, um, I do want to announce this uh, today. Uh, I was working very hard on something new. And coming soon, we're going to have our very own Benchwarmers chat roulette uh, account. So if anybody wants to hop on and, you know, sponsored by Mason and hang some brain. No, 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 no. Anybody want to hang some brain for some, you know, strangers? Go ahead. Hang some brain. (laughs) 